When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! How's it going, everybody? And welcome to another fine episode of Knife Talk. This is the this is the podcast where we talk about knives. We answer your questions. We ask you to be part of the conversation. We have a little fun. Uh, I'm here as always with Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, uh, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. I almost forgot your last name for half a second mm-hmm. there, bud. And I am Marco Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts. How has let's get into last week? How's the last week been, you guys? How's it been, Jeff? It's been it's been great. I I just got back from uh, I had a nice trip down at Flor in Florida. I did a clinic with Doghouse Forge. I had a great time, and there were a number of listeners who were at the classes, the clinics. Nice. Uh, Gabe Jensen was there. Hi, Gabe. Chad Kimmel was there. <laughs> Summit and C Smithing, and a few other guys. We had a great time. Uh, Jonathan Porter's the greatest. I uh, I always enjoy being with him, and uh, and we had a the first day we had a great time, and then the second day. We had an awesome guest. Steve Schwartzer came at 9.30 in the morning and hung out the whole day. And we had a blast. And um, he hung out. We made tongs. And and uh, he was super cool to every single person there. And me and Jonathan, he stayed. And Jonathan Porter had, like, a barbecue, a competition barbecue guy come and cook all this nice. barbecue. And it was an incredible yeah, experience. Crazy. Yeah, it was great. The food was great. Uh, Doghouse is the best. Jonathan's a, just a good, just turned into a really good friend of mine. And I don't really, I'm not, I don't really go around and do clinics and classes very much. But I mean, for him, I will. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great, and we had a good time. We had a really good time, and then came back right back into it. Um, worked on a, a set of knives that I'm going to bring to an event next week, and then I finished this giant uh, eleven and a half, eleven three quarter inch. Uh, Damascus integral chef knife with uh with uh the steel was from Bob Rankin and the and uh our listener uh Matt Lee gave me a piece of Tassie Blackwood last year yeah. and I used it for the handle. So uh yeah. yeah that was a piece. Everything's crazy. Everything's crazy. Everything's crazy and fine. I was looking at pictures of that this afternoon. It does look massive. It looks lovely. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's totally so is that for you? Is that a client's knife? What? What's the? <laughs> no, it's for one of our listeners who I may or may not have referred to as a tick a number of years, a number of episodes <laughs> ago. Oh, yeah, <laughs> good guy, good guy. He's a great guy. He's a very big. Uh, he's he's got quite a collection, and he just gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. Fair so enough. it was fine. And he's a great guy. And yeah, this is for sure the most uh, massive project I've worked on. Mm. So. And that set you did as well. That looks incredible. The big set. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's. I'm just. I just actually got the kit 
I got the roll and the things, and I'm gonna. I gotta just sharpen everything up, and I'm gonna go into the city tomorrow, uh, next week, and I'm gonna do this event, and it'll. It's good. It's the you know, as I joked around, we couldn't figure out a name for it, and I called it the Grand Mall, which mm-hmm. is, turns oh, out yeah. to be as what a stroke is. So it's fine, and, you know, onward and upward. Cool. Working on a pile of other knives, and nothing stops. Nice. Okay. Well, how are you? What's going on, Craig? Um, it's been a good week. So, um, well, first of all, it's been two weeks since we last spoke because obviously oh, last right. week we had the um, the single track with Jeff where you spoke to your, your buddy um, John at Sunset Fall, yeah. Gen J. Really good episode. I, I love listening to those because it's completely fresh to me. I hadn't heard it before, obviously. So, yeah, congrats. That was a really, really nice episode. Well, John's fired up. He's, he he immediately said, oh, when am I coming back? I'm like, calm, calm, calm down, John. Calm down, buddy. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, he's great. And he, you know, the funny part was, I love John. And he's been so helpful to me. And he's a funny guy. But And he was excited. But you could tell that he was nervous. Mm-hmm. Because he got in the car, and as soon as he saw the, the microphone, all of a sudden, like... You know, not crack his knuckles and a little bit more not as jokey as he normally is, but he did great. And he kind of, you know, he said, made a joke. So I should have had some margaritas before he did that. I was like, eh, it's eight o'clock in the morning, John. So. <laughs> it was a good listen. It was a good lesson. So what else have I me do? I picked up my my Rockwell tester finally in perfect timing because I've been I've been getting these batches of um, the sustainable knife heat treated. So it was perfect timing to get a tester. And it's in like mint condition. So I got on eBay wow. at a real steal, um, and it is—it's like brand new, and it, and it, it's come with lots of different like accessories and stuff as well, and testing plates. Really, really happy with it. But man, they are heavy. <laughs> so so right. I I emailed the guy and said, "Would this fit in like in a normal car?" And he's like, "Yeah, it'll fit in the car, fine." Um, and <laughs> I I turn up, and this guy is about eighty. He's retired and he had this thing in his shop and it hasn't been used for a long time and so on. So I'm thinking, Jesus. So <laughs> it's going to take two of us to lift this into the into the back of the car. Man, it was so heavy. But um, I've been testing everything. I love it. Absolutely love it. So it was a... It's, it's fun. It is, yeah. It's a, it's a Wilson tester. So it was shipped over from the US right. um, in the mid-90s, I know. Um, but it's like it's brand new. So he had this protective cover over it, which is always on it when it's in the shop. And um, yeah, really, really happy. So yeah, that's coming perfect timing for these knives that I've been heat treating. They're all coming out exactly how I want them. Um, very consistent as well, which which I'm really pleased with. Um, and actually, I had a bit of a brainwave this this week. Uh, something that saved me a lot of time. So I've had these. About two weeks ago, I started doing the the file work on the sustainable knives, which for those who don't know, it's 100 chef knives that um, that I'm working on. Um, but um, I wanted to do another 10 ready for the next batch because I'm, I'm already, already starting to think of what the next sustainable knife will be. Um, so I thought I need to do the, um, the file work again. But I thought I'm going to try something different because these won't be client knives. These, these will be for photographs and stuff ready for the next batch. So rather than file work, which, you know, it doesn't take long. It only takes sort of 10, 15 minutes. But when you've got 100, obviously, it all builds up. Um, I got some chainsaw files, so three millimeter chainsaw files, um, the steel ones, um, steel the brand, not the, uh, they're obviously steel anyway, but, you know, the brand. Um, I cut them into sort of two-inch um, lengths, and I put them in a Dremel. And <laughs> then I just oh. used the, the rotary tool to, to do the file work for me. Um, and I, I, they were just zipping out. I was getting one done every sort of two minutes. 
Um, so going forward, I think that's the way to go because it leaves a beautiful finish as well. Cause, because when you're doing it by hand, mm. you then need to buff them all and try and get a really nice finish on it so it doesn't look, you know, nasty. Um, but yeah, get those those chainsaw files, um, put them in a Dremel, zip, 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 and you're done. I was really, really pleased. That's a good that's idea. Mm. So yeah, so th- so that was that was the week. Um, I've had a, f- a few really good calls with uh, restaurants here in London whilst I'm here. Um, so they're looking very promising. Um, and that's pretty much it, really. Pretty much it. What about you, Morocco? Uh, let's see. This last last couple of weeks, actually, now. Um, mm, yeah. I, I've been just working on grinding blades, finish. I'm, I'm on the final stages of finishing up a knife. I'm putting my finishing coats on the handle. Uh, I got a really great finish on the blade. Um, and it's actually going to, uh, it's a, it's a blade for Zach Brown. Um, if people don't know Zach Brown, uh, he's a musician. Uh, he's a, I think he's an Emmy award winning musician and Grammy, Grammy, Grammy. Oh yeah. Emmy's TV, right? Oh my God. I'm I so think so. Silly. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Grammy award winner. Uh, but he's got this really great company down in, uh, Georgia, called Southern Grind and Neil Kamimura and I went down there and visited him and spent some time with him. And so the blade is made from some steel that we made with him there. Um, so I'm just getting that finished out. I've been doing some experimenting with some new processes on blade finishing that make kind of the black portions of the Damascus pattern way, way, way super durable. Like you have to hand sand it to take it off. Wow. Um, yeah, but I'm still kind of ironing out the kinks with that. You, you spray um, paint in them before. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you've got, no. you got a stencil, you just spray paint. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I'm spray paint. <laughs> shouldn't joke. You shouldn't joke. Some of those motherfuckers are doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a thing. Um, but no, no, it's uh, it's all still food safe, food safe processes. It's just, I, you know, like I said, it's before I started sharing the coffee treatment, you know, I played and worked with that really for like a year and a half, two years before I started doing it and, or sharing it and talking to people about it. And, uh, you know, I only started doing this baking soda, (laughs) this new process with baking soda, uh, for about the last two or three months. So that's going really well. Uh, otherwise it's just moving onward and upward with next order. Um, as always. Nice. That's about it. Well, shall we get on with some news? Well, here we are. Here's the news portion of our podcast. Um, one thing I'd like to just... Now we got, we got a real news. Our friend and our, our co, co, co-worker... Our co-host, Mareko Momasi, was in a, featured in a piece in the Wall Street Journal that was sent to me this morning. It's Friday. sent to me this morning. And uh, it was a real nice piece when they mentioned uh, Neil and Nick Anger and Quentin Middleton and Silverthorne Knives. And it was a real nice... It was a real nice piece about you guys and Bob Kramer, and it yeah. was definitely one of those things that kind of a nice way for all these rich motherfuckers on Wall Street to start to, you know, <laughs> look at what we're doing. Yeah. Should like you elaborate a... on it at all or talk yeah, about sure. it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he reached out to me a couple weeks ago, and apparently it started out, I think the concept for the article started out is just like, uh, a, a bit more um, banal. It was just 
like how to take care of your knives. And then the more he researched and looked into it and was looking around on social media, he's like, he's seeing like all these hashtags and all these knife makers on Instagram and social media. He's like, Whoa, there's something more here. And so he went and did kind of like a deep dive into it or a shot. I don't know. It's a deep, deep dive. But anyways, um, to do an, an article more about how kind of how the industry has shifted um, especially with the rise of popularity of Bob Kramer and the awareness that he brought to the craft and what we're doing and, um, and other articles that have been published in the past few years that really have brought to light the fact that there are artists and craftsmen, um, making knives, making tools and, you know, and, and how people are coveting, coveting them and how, I think he mentions in the article, like, like, especially people like Neil and Nick, you know. And I guess Bob too are are seen as like, you know, like pop culture icons in a way. Um, with the number of people following them, the visibility, and the people they're spending time with and making knives for, uh, it's pretty neat. It was a cool article. It was a nice article because it really kind of it 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 showed about how you know a lot of what what people are doing on you know especially on Instagram, and he kind of zoned in on a, a good group of people doing different things and uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and. With that said, that was a nice little Friday after Friday morning uh, article for sure. Who sent that to you? Uh, Silverthorn. Silverthorn did. Silverthorn. Yeah. He, he uh, sent me a message too. Yeah, the king of the boners. He uh, <laughs> he uh, he the boner he, king. He sent. Yeah, I I, I might have made a joke to, the, you know, might have made a joke in the expense that he's. He also has the Beavis. I said, all right, you're in the Wall Street Journal. You know, maybe you should act like you've been here before. You know, Beavis. <laughs> the, you know, his icon is Beavis for Beavis and Butthead, for God's sakes. Now you're in Wall Street Journal. Come on, man. Um, no, but Goose, it's a great article. Um, you know, look, we know these guys, and it's it's nice to see these people recognized, especially Quentin Middleton and, and uh, Nick Anger and stuff like that. So congratulations. Enjoy it. Good dudes. All right. Uh, and in sad news, uh, this is uh, today is Friday. Uh, I just found out that uh, the chef Gray Coons died, um, and and th- it's he's a he's a the eater he's um eater wrote this uh, kind of a little thing about him. He says he's one one of the most influential chefs operating in New York City's fine dining scene. Chef Gray Coons has died. Um, he had a restaurant called Cafe Gray. He was born in Shanghai and grew up in, I think, grew up in sweet, sweet Sweden or Switzerland. He's got a lot of in, interesting uh, upbringing. Uh, he was a fixture in the New York dining scene in the '90s, where he led a kitchen the um, the critically acclaimed Les Benas. Uh, eight-year tenure. He had a number of different restaurants. His, you know, the people who is kind of. He's brought up um, Floyd Cardoz and Rocco Despierto and a lot of really, I mean, you know, amazing mm-hmm. chefs. But one of the things that he did, oh, he's born in Singapore and raised in Switzerland. And so his 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 cuisine was very like um, very global, uh, and he really kind of brought that above. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because he also kind of started this. Uh, he and JB Prince built this spoon that has become the most uh, coveted spoon. Uh, in restaurants, it's a, it's a it's called the coon spoon, and um, it was really like this perfect size for plating. Each they had different sizes, and each one was like the perfect size for chef plate plating. 
And um, it was it's a sad situation. And I actually reached out to Tim Musig, who said who is the CEO mm-hmm. of JB Prince, and said that you had just talked to him a couple uh, weeks ago. And so oh, just wow. thought, you know, we're in the restaurant, we're kind of in the food business, mm, all of sure. us. So I figured we'd bring it up. Yeah, so makes sense. Um, I, final news really is that the Marekos calendar is still available. So the Artisans in Steel calendar. Um, so it's a, it's a rework of um, his previous calendar, which which went with the dates of Blade Show and so on. So they've, they've done a, a version which is you know a proper calendar, which is January to January. A proper calendar. A proper calendar, and it's got yeah. beautiful <laughs> pictures, beautiful pictures by makers, one for each month. Pinups. Each one is a pinup for each month. Pinup. Pinup. Yeah. And where where can people get that, Marekko? Uh, you can actually get it on my website is malmasifirearts.com. If you go to the store, it's right there at the top of the store. I also have a link in my bio on Instagram. And actually, I do have a couple more things um, news-wise. First off, as we're recording Fab, uh, Friday the 6th, today is Don Nguyen's birthday. Try to brighten it up a little bit. Happy birthday, Don Nguyen. And then... Uh, Really quick, one more thing is, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, we got folks that, uh, who I guarantee listen, who are down in Nashville, and a tornado just kind of tore through there and really threw some chaos through there. And uh, <clears throat> some friends of ours, Cotillier uh, in New Orleans, they are, uh, they're, they're retailers, they're, they're kind of gallerists of fine knives, uh, Japanese and American made. And they've, they've really helped put people like Ty Tonelli on the map and help kind of raise them up. And I think for anybody, I get questions all the time, you know, how do I price my stuff? How do I figure out pricing? A great way to start, um, especially if you don't have a lot of recognition is to go with a retailer and Cotelier, uh, Nola, as well as Nashville are great people to start with. Um, and so if, Fortunately, all them and their people are safe. Um, they're working with the community to help bring everybody up. Amazingly, their store was just missed. Like literally, like maybe a hundred feet away. Buildings are absolutely just like flattened to the ground. Uh, it's ins- it's amazing. Um, and so I'm glad that they're safe. Go give them a follow. Reach out to them uh, if you got work that you're interested in trying to get out there into the market. They're really good people to work with. There we go. There we go. And j- just to mention that um, if it's your birthday this week, don't tell us. We do want to have to do birthdays every <laughs> single week. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, way, the way Don's birthday came up, actually, so I put a call out for the calendar when I was putting it together for events and stuff, and Don jokingly put his birthday in. But he was the only person that did that, so we're like, fuck it, we'll put his birthday in the calendar. Don is part so, of the Knife Talk alumni. That, that's allowed. It's allowed. Yes. Oh, yes, you put yes. it. You put it in the. You put it in the calendar. It's birthday. on the calendar. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right before we get on with the show, I want to tell you about the the grinder that I use. The grinder is made by Clarix Metalworks. Um, they're they're based in Bulgaria, but everything is made within their own factory. So they don't import stuff in. They just make everything, and they make the most fantastic flexible grinder called the BG Pro. Currently on version two, um, it's the one that I have. I know a number of our listeners have them as well. Completely solid, well-built, like tanks, but really flexible. So they'll go horizontal, they go vertical, they go, they've got VFDs. Um, but they're just priced so well, and they ship all around the world. So go take a look at clarixmetalworks.com. As well as the grinders, they've got lots of accessories, big wheels, little wheels, everything you need. Go take a look, clarixmetalworks.com. Hey, man. Can I ask you a question? 
here's the ch- here's the chance for you to be involved with the show. Hey man, can I ask you a question? If you go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, ah, 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 I got I got a new jingle. I've got a new jingle for this. What? Just a second. Oh. <laughs> Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. Here we go. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that dude. I love that dude. He got to do more things. He, well, maybe he has. We'll see. Oh, we shall oh. see. Well, contact at- us via DM <laughs> at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. Yeah, easy. All right, seven 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 film. All right. So, um, this is where we, you would give us your questions, and we try to answer your question. Your answer. We try to give you good answers. Good is subjective. So that's the whole thing. So, <laughs> the first one comes from Forge La Femme. Hey dudes, I have a question. What are your thoughts on social media makers and those that built reputations before social media arose? Are social media makers here to stay or do we have to, or will they fade away? Thanks, Rachel. So, mm. what do we think of social media and how it's changed the way people create their reputation? What do you think? I think without social media, I wouldn't have heard about so many great makers. Um, you know, where would they go unless unless I see them at events or, you know, the hammer-ins, that kind of thing, which is which is something I don't do because I live right out in the sticks. So I, I wouldn't see all this fantastic work that people are doing. So I'm a big fan of it, and I think it gives visibility to so many great, great people. Um, yeah, I, but I just think we just need to be careful that we don't throw all our eggs into that one basket that, you know, oh, let's yeah. say Instagram is is. I can say bought by it by another shithead, but you know it's been bought by a shithead already. But let let's say it's something else <laughs> happens to it, you know where do we go then? So I just think you know don't put all your eggs in one basket. But I think it's so valuable. So I learned so much, and I get to connect with so many people. It's so valuable. And you know, are they here to stay? The makers certainly are, but I think maybe the platforms may evolve over time. And you know, there's, there's sure. always going to be a, an online community somewhere, surely. Yeah, I think you know I. I I actually hear I feel like I hear it more from older makers uh, who are around before social media that say uh, you know you got to pay your dues and and building up hype through social media is bullshit or kind of selling out um, and not to take things too negative but the re- I mean the reality is like it, it's just a different way like Craig was just saying it's a, it's a platform and and it's our most current platform on how we kind of try to work to create awareness about ourselves before that people pay and people still pay for advertisements in uh you know like in blade magazine or they you know or they pay to go to trade shows um those are all forms of advertising and marketing and it's just that social media is basically in everybody's pocket and it it comes off or seems easy um and and it seems cheap, but it's just I don't know. I I hate the negativity around it because the reality is, it, it it is just the most current way. It's not like people are gonna go backwards in time and start going back to like you know. I don't, I don't even know, like doing Morse code or anything. Oh, I, was, like I that. thought you were gonna the, say cave paintings. I thought you. Were, I, cave, was yeah, I was gonna go way back. <laughs> My fingers were crossed. Usually, oh, please say cave paintings. Please say cave, cave paintings. paintings. Yeah, yeah. Spitting, on, spitting on your hand on the wall. And anyways, oh, all, um, right. Whoa, all right, that, that went a weird place. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Honestly, I don't know. It's just, it's just the modern way of doing things, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, here's my opinion. My opinion has always been that social media is your public relations department. 
and how you use it is how you whatever. In regards to people's views, my personal opinion about blacksmithing and knowing old blacksmiths and uh, honestly, one of the most innovative blacksmiths in terms of social media, not before social media, uh, in terms of innovation was Uri Hoffi. He used to talk in his classes about how important innovation is and how, you know, no one knows what the hell we're doing. And it got to the point where I got, I felt like, you know, especially with blacksmiths, you know, back, you know, 15 years ago, there when there were 15, 20 years ago, when there wasn't any social media, there were such a small amount of people doing it because there was no way for you to kind of see. And Abana was very small. And my opinion has always been, you know, blacksmithing itself has gone by the wayside for, since the, you know, for hundreds of years. And if you if you have to pay your dues, I mean, it's, you're, 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 you, 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 there needs to be a different way to, to be seen. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be dead, dead. So it's like you had your chance and now you got to be a little bit more innovative. Otherwise no one knows what the hell we're doing. Mm. You know, and, it, and I, th- I feel like, I feel like don't worry about the criticism is, is stupid because it's like, what are you worried about what I'm doing? You know, as long as you're not lying, what do you, yeah. what's the big deal? You know, and I, I think that, you know, obviously you're seeing more guys, you know, I talked to, I spent, uh, you know, a long time with Steve Schwartzer. Steve Schwartzer is like totally, he said to me, he loves social media and he loves connecting with people. He loves being a part of uh, sharing information. He loves being a part of meeting new people. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. And he had every reason to be a total asshole. But Steve Schwartzer is a legend. And he is a, such yeah. a nice, he, he, he'll talk to every single person exactly the same with just a smile on his face, joke, show interest. He's not, you know, he's got every right to be, you know, you know, a stuck up guy, but he's not, he loves the interaction on social media and, it's, and it shows, Yeah, you know, speaking of which he's got to come on the podcast. I, I we've spent, I've spent enough time with him. He's going to be, he's going to, we're going to get him on the podcast. So it's, we're going to have to figure out, we're going to, all right, we're going to figure that out. We're yeah. going to figure that out. I got, yeah. so I got a funny story when it comes to, uh, I got a funny story about him when we go to the tip sec- segment. He's a, he's such a funny guy. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just thinking about that. And I think a lot of that is down to um, people who are sort of hardcore traditionalists, you know, and they're, they're the ones who are maybe put down those who do stock removal and so on or or maybe use like cncs that kind of thing because it's not it's not the traditional way of doing it you know and i just think well you know tradition is a really good way to kill creativity if you if you stick to tradition there's certainly a there's certainly a need for tradition and keeping you know traditional arts alive that kind of thing but you know there's also a need for moving forward and i think social media pays plays a big part in that too and there's and there's a lot of people who you know they 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 want it but they don't want it you know it's like they like it until they don't like it and mm. and you're going to find that right. you know there's going to be a lot of people who just are not they're not they're you're going to have contrarians sure. and i think that you're you're providing someone some insight into what we're doing and it's showing an interest in regards to should you be paying your dues of course you know but at the same time it's just like we have to have, we have to have, you know, all of a sudden everything's a nanny state, you know, who do we got to, who do I got to talk to all the time? Yeah. It's like, just make it happen. Do your thing, live your life. And, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew, which I seem to do all the time. (laughs) Let's (laughs) let's take another one from Sunna Sven. Um, Hey cuties, I have a question. Um, Why do you hand sand? 
He says hand sanding is his least favourite part of making a knife. He's got a 1 by 30 sander, but hopes to upgrade sometime in the next year. He's been looking at different abrasive belts, and they're, they're available from 800 grit and higher. And he says, I've also been looking at structured abrasives and surface conditioning belts. So why do a lot of knife makers seem to go with hand sanding after 400 grit and complain about having to do it when there are higher grit belts available? Why couldn't you just work up to a higher grit and then spend one or two minutes at the end hand sanding to switch the grain direction? He said, what am I missing? Mm. Marekko, let's start with you. Well, I think what he's missing is the fact that he's working on a 1x30, and I don't mean to hate on him, but even with the 2x72, it's still a fucking pain in the ass yeah. to get really nice, even scratches in your blade, even if you get you take it all the way up to a 1200 grit. And it's actually kind of a little bit easier to control and uh, time and material uh, conservative to just start hand sanding. Mm. And unless you're doing something that's, you know, I don't know. I, I, I know of some, uh, what is it? Like some makers who do, when they do their hormones, they take it up to 2000 grit. You know, to be honest, I don't really go, I don't personally go that high. Um, if I don't, I, I find for the aesthetic I'm looking to achieve, I don't need to go that high. And the people that I'm selling to don't need it to be that high. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, do what works for you. And I think that's the real thing. And I, I'm sure once this guy gets a hold of a one by 72 or sorry, two by 72 and starts grinding. The, the other thing about those really high grip belts, they don't last very long either. It's not mm. like you're going to blast through 10 knives with one belt. It sometimes those knives, especially at super high hardness that your blades are at, they're not ceramic up there that most of them are, uh, well, aluminum oxide, and sometimes you can only get one side of the blade with the knife or yeah. with that belt before you f have to change the belt out and get good scratches on the other side of the knife, and it's just not worth it to me. Um, and that's why I yeah, tend. I think that he's reaching. He's his idea is, is like people complain about hand sanding too much. Why don't they just use you know go higher up in the in the grid progression, sure. the, the belt progression? And I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I. I try to cut down. I don't want to, I don't want to go, you know, have, you know, 15 belts per knife. You know, it just, it just doesn't really, I, I actually have gotten it down for me where I hop over to the, the disc sander, um, after 120 on the belt. And now it's actually cut me, cut down on, I don't have to use the surface, the surface, um, conditioning belts, scotch brights. I don't really use those for, for the for anything anymore i can just hop down i go 80 to uh i go 36 to 80 to 120 and then i'm disc sanding and then that's you know disc sanding and then i'm hand sanding and i'm still being i'm still able to grind a good size chef knife uh stainless steel in around 45 minutes mm, wow. and i don't complain yeah. i mean i just kind of the cost of doing business kind of yeah I, I mean my opinion is has always been with hand sanding is you know, when you see a knife, it's for my for my knives. I like to be able to see this the satin finish because I like to to see where the eye leads. You know, your your eye it's a directional object, and your your eyes is leading down the spine. But look, people like to complain. Ultimately, you know, back to what we were talking about before, people love to complain when they're hand sanding. Yeah. I I you know I think the biggest reason is I mean I'm. I'm, I think I, I think differently to what you guys have just said. Actually, I think if I could take it to the belt up to sort of twelve hundred grit, 
I'd be more than happy with that. I would. Um, but the reason I don't is the first one is, as Morocco said, you've got the width of your platen, um, and if you know a two by seventy-two, it's going to be obviously a lot worse on a one by thirty. It's difficult to keep that uniform throughout the length of the blade. Um, but also, I find anything over sort of three twenty, the the belts are so thin at this point um, that I you tend to get like a, like a bump where the where the where the belt mm. is joined onto onto itself with it. It's got like a yeah. tape back in. Right. Um, you tend to get that bump, um, and it's not the easiest thing to do to get to get a good finish. Then, so personally, anything after sort of three twenty, I'll then go to surface conditioning belts because they there's a, there's a bit of a give there, um, and then I'll go to hand sanding. Um, but again, I don't generally go up over sort of twelve hundred when I'm hand sanding either. Um, uh, there are some I've, dudes who do it unbelievably. Like yeah, Chris Adel, Chris Adel Scott, that's a pariah knives. He's, I mean, his 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 off the belt finishes are incredible. You know, and I I I'd love to spend a couple of days with him and figure out how to do it, but it's just like it's not in the cards for me right now. Mm. Fingal, well, some of Fingal stuff off the belt is incredible. Say, Fingle, Mirror yeah. stuff. Well, there you are. So that's it. Mm. But I tell you what, if if you go into hand sand, which we all do, we all finish by hand sanding, you know, what's the easiest way? Well, I'll tell you what I would do if I was hand sanding. I'd go get, me some, I'd go get myself some Rhino Wet from Adas USA. And if you get Rhino Wet, you're going to be happy. All sandpaper isn't created equally, and Rhino Wet is made for metalwork. And if you go to Texas Farrier Supply... And then you put in Knife Talk 10, they're going to take 10% off your all your orders. So go get yourself some rhino wet, and then you can just breeze through. And my personal opinion is, if you say, ah, what do, who, you're talking about that all too much, go get yourself a pack of 220, and you tell me what you think. 220 is, I love the 220. That's my favorite of all the grits. It is a game changer. It really is a game changer. Yeah, so go to Texas Ferrier Supply, put in Knife Talk 10 in DOS USA, and give them hell. You know what? I know we're not in the tip section, but I just want to say something really quick I've been doing differently about my hand sanding. is um, I get a little piece of paper on my sanding stick, and then I start by hand sanding with very light pressure, like just with the slightest bit of pressure. Uh, I'm, I don't go grinding really hard into the into the blade with the sanding stick, and the abrasive is you know super fresh and it does a really good do- job sanding for a bit. And but then it gets to a point where it's just not doing anything, and that's when I start really honkering down, and I get a little bit more life in it, and I feel like I get more work out of a piece of sandpaper sanding by starting light and then going hard later. Versus going hard flat out of the gate because I feel like when you go hard flat out of the gate, you're crushing through that abrasive. And while Rhino Wet is super awesome and it still gets the job done doing it that way, I think you can actually get a little bit more work out of it by starting light and then going hard. All right. Go hard. Go, go hard or go on. Yeah, caress it. Go hard. <laughs> um, I mean, go. don't go hard. Go soft. Go soft and then go hard. <laughs> This next one is from Hemker Black, Blacksmithing. He said, here's a question for you guys. How do you guys decompress after a long day in the shop, good or bad days? How about you, Craig? Um, for me, it's the opposite at the moment. So I'm using um, my time in the shop to decompress because um, I I'm, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. I'm currently in France for a couple of weeks while my wife is working on a job here. Um, so I'm 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 
daddy daycare. You know, throughout the day, I've got I've got two little twins, and I'm I'm looking after the babies. Um, so when my wife comes, then I get the chance to go and work on the knives, which for me at the moment is is the decompression time. But that I mean that's only temporary. In two weeks, we go back to France, um, and it's back to you know business as usual. Um, but you know, decompress after a long day in the shop. I, it's one of those things where I don't consider it to be a job. So it's when I'm not working on knives, I'm generally doing something else re- related to it. So it, it's whether, you know, doing the podcast yeah. with you guys or working on the website or taking photos. It's it's what I enjoy doing. So I, 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 decompressing away from the job isn't isn't really required for me. Um, but what about you, Jeff? Is, you know, is there anything that you do to completely switch off? Well... Well, well, one thing is I like to take a nice shower, and then I like to I make I make my wife I make my wife and daughter dinner. I they don't, my wife doesn't really cook, so I like to I enjoy doing yeah. that. I do like taking walks with the dogs. That, that somehow gets me kind of calm. I haven't been doing a lot of drinking, but that would be nice too. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a, a drinky poo now and then, but I've tried to hold off. <laughs> um, and then uh, I I. I do turn off when I get home. I, I really try to like, I mean, I'm answering emails and stuff like that, but I just kind of, uh, I kind of, you know, just whatever, you know, make dinner and have a nice conversation with my kid and it's good. Nice. And fine. Okay. Speaking of which, sorry to interrupt. I forgot, okay. I forgot to say back in, back in a little bit of news news is I, I told you about this, uh, TV thing that we're working on is, as I said, uh, um, it's because I was decompressing when I when I read the email that the uh, network that we had worked with uh, originally worked with had passed on the concept. They said I was it was said it was too macho, which is fine. So I expected it, and we're gonna now. Uh, I guess the production <laughs> too company. Macho. Yep, it's true. Well, you know, look, it was it's a it, the, the network is very uh, female centric. So it was. Um, I, I mean, it, they didn't say too macho, but I'm saying too macho. Too much they man. Said it was a little too. It was, it was a, you know, they were made the comment that it was a, you know, a, a much more female driven network. So fine. So we're going to actually, uh, we're going to film a little, they're going to come to the shop and they're going to film something. They're going to, we've been reached out to by some agent in regards to some streaming services. So it's not dead, but you know, I'm expecting it. So I'm decompressing as we speak. There we go. There you go. Marekko, what about you? Um... Usually when I get home, there's not, uh, I don't know. I, I've been trying to be better about going to bed earlier and earlier. Um, so my decompression time, like at, at the end of the day, you know, we do dinner and maybe we'll watch a, an episode of something on Netflix or whatever. Um, but the, the chance that I get to really do my decompression is when I take a full day off. And especially if I get to spend time with my little dude, um, you know, we go on uh, daddy and dude adventures is what we like to call them. And uh, it's great because he requests them now. And we just, we don't, you know, we do th- simple things like just going around and I'll have him in, in like a Bob stroller. Um, and he'll hold books and I'll read them while we're walking around <laughs> through the neighborhood on a nice sunny day. Or we'll go down. We have a, uh, what, what we call a children's museum, but basically it's this giant indoor kid play place. It's just for kiddos. Uh, to to run around in it's we got a really good one here in Olympia and um 
or we go to a, like a science museum or something. I don't know. It's just basically it's spending time with the, my, my kid and my family, mm. um, getting time with them. Um, but otherwise, you know, I'm in, I'm in the day or I'm in the day, I'm in the shop six days a week. And so uh, I, that I really value having that day and having that time to, and I need, I really need, you know, a whole day just to, you know, just to be able to decompress from Switch all off, that time yeah. in the shop. Yeah. So that's what I do. Cool. I'm taking the whole weekend off this weekend. A whole nice. weekend unheard of for you, Damn Jeff. right. Damn right. No, 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 no. I, I worked all, I worked, I worked all last weekend. I'm taking this weekend off. I'm ahead of schedule. Nice. Well, I'm going to decompress. <laughs> nice. All right. The next question comes from Edge Trinity. Hey, guys, can I ask you a question? So I'm a stock removal guy, and I got a wild hair and decided to forge some 1095 I had. I got the knife to a good shape and let it air cool. I went to drill it for the pinholes, and I couldn't drill halfway through. I tried annealing the blade again, but I couldn't drill through. Different bits and still nothing. What did I do wrong? Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Wow. I have no idea. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Are you sure it was 1095? (laughs) Well, do you know the funny thing is, is back when I was at a metal shop, you know, what you can do is when you're drilling even mild steel, if you, if your bit isn't sharp and it's not cutting and you're grinding, 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 you're going to work hard in that spot. So you Mm -hmm. can break. So if you break the first drill, bit, you're going to break every single goddamn drill bit that comes next. Right. So you, you got to really make sure that, you know, when you're drilling, I mean, usually, I mean, that's one of the great things about, you know, normalizing too, is it kind of like chills everything out so you can drill. But if you do have a dead drill bit and you start to hog it and it starts squealing, I just need a little WD-40, throw a little WD-40 in there and you just kind of, everything starts to get hot, that you're work hardening that spot and every single new bit you break in, you put in there, you're going to break it. Yeah. So, having a uh, like a carbide bit or something could help get through that if you have those handy. They are expensive though. They're usually like like fifteen twenty dollars for like an eighth inch drill bit or something like that. Um, but yeah, and, and also we were talking about uh, the other day uh, about drilling and and having a hard time with getting things through the wood as well as the 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 tang in the knife. And Mike Quisenberry actually brought up a good point, which was that having those carbide bits will help drill a true uh straight and circular hole um through whatever you're cutting and um just because even on a micro level sometimes like if you ever drill with like a half inch drill bit and you see it like it's got doing this drilling like chatter and you see it looks more like a pentagon shape or a hexagon shape um, you're not drilling a perfectly circular hole, but if you use one of those carbide drill bits, uh, you know you can go straight through. So if you're doing an eighth inch, it does the same thing just on a much smaller level, um, but it's not perfectly circular hole. A carbide drill bit will help make that happen. There we go. And it's meant to drill through that hard stuff. Uh, even hardened, even hardened steel. Even even work. Yeah. Well, uh, probably not. Probably not hardened, but work hardened. You know, work hardened is not the same as a hardened blade. No, and so of it could, you could drill through work hardened stuff. I'm sure just fine, but yeah. But you also want to be careful that you don't have chunks of shit down at the bottom of that drill at, at the hole, and then follow it with the drill bit. That'll mess up your drill bit. There goes right. twenty bucks. There you go. Okay, next one is from Nalbuck Knives. 
Hey, cuties, can I ask you a question? In your opinion, what age would you let your kids into the shop and what would you have your child help with or learn first? Go ahead, guys. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll jump straight in. I think, um, I mean, for me, my shop is part of the house. So on the ground floor of the house was, was an actual old retail shop. And um, we that's now my shop. So it, it's probably going to be easier for me because my kids are always going to be round about all the time. Um, but I think just getting them interested in, in making and being curious, I think that that's the main thing. So even now at this age, you know, I'll... You know, I don't let them into the shop generally, but you know, when I do, I'm holding them and I'm walking around and I'm just showing them things, letting them, you know, let them touch the odd things. Just, just, you know, get a bit of curiosity going. But I think, you know, as soon as they're as soon as they're old enough, I'll get them cleaning up and I'll get them sweeping. <laughs> oh boy, I tell you what, this is hilarious because this is this is like everybody's every every father's like uh, dream is that their kid is going to be interested in what they're doing and they're going to take yeah. over the job. Yeah. Just if they show interest, let them show in, let them, you know, encourage the interest. But I tell you what, my kid, my daughter, when she was about seven, wanted to help me. I did a, 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 a wrought iron uh, bracket for my friend's store and I had to do some collars. You know, I had um, I had mm. some scrolls meeting and I wanted to make some collars. So I prepped the collars and I had her come in to help me just hit the collars. And she came in and she hit the collars and she had a good time. and We had a couple laughs and stuff like that. That was it. And now it's like, it's, it's, you know, she had a good time. It's just like, she, she wasn't, she did it for me, but at the same sure. time, I never really like pushed her into it. I, I, yeah. I want to encourage her to do whatever she wants to do. And I know that she does not want to do this. Mm. So that's the answer for that. As soon as they show interest, bring them in. Yeah. But don't run, don't make them. I mean, they might, they might not want to do it. So just be prepared. What about you, Morocco? Right. Cause I mean, your son is, you know, he's, he, he's toddling around. He, you know, he's walking. He, he got a be- much better understanding of the world than my daughters at their age. So, is he involved at sure. all? Do you get him in? No, not really yet. Um, he does like uh, hanging out and seeing the shop. When we were in Connecticut and we do uh, events at the shop, he always loved coming and hanging out. But it only lasted for like <laughs> five or ten minutes. Yeah. But yeah. I think part of that was because he wasn't get, he didn't get to do anything. So I think once I get it, get him to a place where he gets to do stuff, that might be a different story. And I, I think realistically, you know, if he shows interest and that's what he's in and he wants to come hang out and do stuff in the shop, I would probably have him, you know, actually there's a maker named Mike Dybert. He's out of Alabama and uh, he does this really great thing with his young boys just to give them a sense for like material removal and like scratch refinement. He'll rough out wooden knives and then and you know just cut them out and and do some of the rough sanding just to get them the shape and then he passes them on to his little his boys um to finish them out um it gives them a sense of you know accomplishment and doing something cool and 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 refinement and showing them how you know how to use the hand sanding stick and stuff like that mm-hmm. but he he uh then the the kiddos actually turn around especially if he brings them to a, a knife show or something like that they sell those knives and then they have spending money at the show. So it also kind of teaches them, uh, you know, how, you know, sell salesmanship. I don't know if mm, necessarily awesome, salesmanship, yeah. but just like awesome. managing, you know, creating and making their own money and, and earning their own money. Sounds, um, like sweats, sounds like a sweatshop to me, but you know, what the hell do I know? <laughs> you know, here, make these wood, here, make these wood dives. No, no, no. no the, sell them. 
Nope, he's the one that's not getting anything out of it. All the right, kids get all right. the money. That's what he tells you. What he tells he's you. doing all the work, and the kids do a little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. They get all the money. A couple marshmallows here and there, and we're all good. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. but I, I think Victor will be really excited, especially the first time I let him like swing a hammer and smash on some steel. Um, he'll think that's really cool, I'm sure. So I look forward to doing that. Uh, when, for all I know, it's going to scare the shit out of him. He'll be like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, the first burn is going to be bad. But I, I you know, the oh, fu- he's already the weird, been burned. The weird thing <laughs> is, is like my old, my last shop was a few blocks from my daughter's school. So I would walk her to school and I'd go to the shop and stuff like that. And then the, there was a power outage. I think it was Hurricane Sandy. And they, um, they closed the school down for a week. And my daughter was too young to stay home and I had to work. So she actually came to work with me and she just hung out in the, in the break room. And, you know, they were super, everyone was super cool to her, obviously. I mean, I ha- you know, we had to figure out a way to, for her, to, but she was like, you know, luckily they had a Wi-Fi, and she did all of her homework and she's like, I'm going to sit around here and watch, you know, Netflix in this break room. So I, I think that it's, you know, it's, it was for her, it was just like, she, I think that kind of torqued her off in regards to wanting to hang out my shop but she's been here i I, um she's hung out uh when she was younger she used to hang out my shop and i had wi-fi and she could kind of do her homework and do her stuff here but i i i tend to think that she uh i think that she doesn't like it that's why honestly i mean you know she'd come to visit for me but it's just like this is not yeah let me finish school i gotta go to the shop she's like fuck that place i'm gonna go to the coffee (laughs) shop and get some coffee yeah somewhere warm and clean Yeah. yeah Do you want to take the next one, Marekka? All right. Yeah. yeah, this next one is from Coulter2121. It says, hey, guys. Uh, hello from Oklahoma. I've been making knives for a couple of years now, mostly stock removal, though. However, I've been wanting to start forging more. What type of hammer would you recommend for a beginner? Not sure if I should start with a rounding hammer or a straight peen or both. Uh, any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Thank y'all. We've talked about hammers in the past, yeah, um, yeah no, and, and last times. week's show, which Jeff no. did with uh, with John um, Sunset Forge <laughs> NJ, they talked a lot about hammers. So if you haven't heard those, go and listen. Um, first of all, um, but but quickly, guys, what what do you think to answer this question? Don't start off with a straight peen. That's what I'm going to say. Don't st- don't start off with a straight peen. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be in a weird position to pull peels down or any kind of, yeah. you know, bevel forging with a straight peen. Yeah, I would say cross peen. It, you can get a cross peen and a browning hammer, and you'll be fine. Stop saying peen. <laughs> oh yeah. P.S. Last episode, you inserted. So what am I supposed to call it? What are you? What are you supposed to call it? I mean. You know, you can't call it the dingus. It just felt as if you were saying peen on purpose a lot. Of well, the it time. got to the point. I mean, you know, when you when you talk about it, you do have to like. I mean, there are certain things that I mean, you have to be able to. There's no other word for it. Yeah. Dongle, a fucking did you do, pecker. Did you? Do what a, are you supposed to say? A peen tally, Craig. I, I should have. We should have had a ding well, ding I mean, every time somebody said the word peen. You, st- <laughs> you stuck in. You see, is stuck in the beavis and butthead. I mean, what else are you supposed to say? You know, the end. The bell end? You call it that? <laughs> what, what are you what are you supposed to call it? The John Thomas. I mean, for God's sakes, go get yourself a rounder and go get yourself a crosser. I mean, I, 
you know there you go there we go the, the people have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> get a cross peen three pound cross peen and then get a rounder yeah. you'll be fine but in all seriousness listen to last week's episode with uh, jeff spoke to john they talked a lot about hammers and they yeah they discussed their peens in great detail so, <laughs> so <good hammers>. <laughs> <laughs> the bell end talk about the bell end the next one is from <laughs> Oh, but before you go on, speaking of which, when I was at uh, Doghouse Forge, I was shocked at the hammer collection that the students were bringing. I did see, uh, yes. It was, I mean, it literally was like, I mean, it was like a Hall of Famer. I mean, the only thing that was missing was a Jake Farum and a Pat Quinn, but it was like freshly forged uh, hammers from Uri Hoffy, and there were some original Alex Steels and Ben Snur, and it was awesome. People are spending money on some really good hammers, mm -hmm. so it was really cool. Here we go. The next one is from Ad Knifeworks. Hey, Cutie's got a question. What are your thoughts on using ferric and coffee etch for corrosion resistance and not just bringing out the Hamon or the Damascus pattern? I don't think it works for corrosion resistance. No. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, you, you know, especially if it's a straight carbon steel knife, like a 1084 or something like that. I, I guess what he's talking about is kind of, I, if, if anything, it's it does. I don't think it, creates corrosion resistance you would be at that point you'd be forcing a patina and a patina on a, a you know like a clean blade just kind of naturally develops over time in use and it's just these little exposures to moisture and acids and oils in your food and um and they and it starts building up a stain a staining on the blade or patina and so what he's talking about i think it, it would be nice if it created corrosion resistance but it doesn't it won't because especially on a carbon steel knife, it just, unless you completely coat the surface with some sort of clear coating, uh, you know, it's not going to do it. It's not, it's just not going to do the job. Um, and I don't think there's necessarily a problem with the fact that, I don't know. I like the idea that, or I like that carbon steel knives pick up a patina because I feel like it's like a, a record of your use of the thing, and, and it shows the history of the use of the knife. I mean, that's what, whenever I see them at vintage shops, that's what I'm always attracted to is like, oh, you can see, like, the knife's been used. Mm. Um, and, you know, there are people who do really cool, like, mustard or vinegar patinas uh, on, their, on their knives and get some really nice effects and stuff. But when it comes to corrosion resistance, it is not going to create, it, it helps when that patina builds up. It helps a little bit but it's not perfect at all. By no means is it perfect. And that's our thoughts yep. on corrosion <laughs> resistance. There we go. You ask for our thoughts, that's our thought. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! Do it now. Exactly. 15% off at combatabrasives.com. And that's for everything that they do. They do epoxies. They do belts. They do the lot. So go take a look. Combatabrasives.com. I'm scared to ask this next question. I think I'm going to ruin it. It's, I don't know how to say that. Have, Havar W? Havar? Perfect. Oh, we'll go with that. Uh, 100%. <laughs> all right. Uh, the question is, hey, cuties, how far from the edge do you set your hamon? I'm thinking uh, setting it too close to the edge would shorten the life of the knife as it, it has less hardened steel. Thoughts? Thanks for the amazing podcast. Doo -doo -doo. Yeah. All right. So what do you guys think? 
I don't, I don't do, I don't do any, I don't know, I don't know a thing about it. No, nope, me neither. Never, ever done a home. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess it's a good thing I asked this one. All right. Read this one. All right. Here, so here, let's do your thoughts. Yeah. Let's do your thoughts. Okay. My thoughts. I think that for a, a, a reasonable distance, or I guess proximity for a hormone to get to the edge is no more than half of an inch. And even still, I feel like that's kind of pushing it. If you can keep it three quarters of an inch, uh, from the edge, that is that would be more ideal. Um, and just to explain hormones really quick, basically what happens is you insulate portion of the blade, and part of basically what happens you quench the blade in oil. Only a portion of it gets hard. The other portion that's insulated does not get hard, and so it creates this kind of wispy, cloudy, very beautiful and aesthetic uh, quality to this uh, blade. It also adds some toughness, but what you are seeing is unhardened material and sadly i do see um knives out there where the hormone is maybe maybe only a quarter of an inch off the edge and while that's going to be a hard knife for a while um once you get through like you know as you sharpen the knife and and use it you you know you're removing material and you're eventually going to work up into that soft material and at that point you don't have a, a a proper cutting tool anymore in my opinion and and it's not going to hold an edge it's not going to perform like it ought to um and so i you know i i think yeah like i said half an inch 3 quarters of an inch try to i i i my, myself personally i try to keep it um three quarters of an inch uh away from the cutting edge that's a that's good one yep there we go that's, it. that's a good one the next one comes from black lab customs do do any of you all have shop clothes or do you just wear whatever you put on that day would it be smarter to have a set of shop clothes or what you would wear for your daily shop clothes what do you guys do for mm. shop clothes i generally wear the same most days in the shop so pair of old jeans um black t-shirts and i got a bunch of aprons um and i'll sort of rotate them um what about your shoes i've got very very special shoes for the shop certainly special (laughs) (laughs) can you remember in school like one of those kids would always have that special shoe like where one of them was built up like three inches and the other one wasn't (laughs) they're both (laughs) like that they're both like that special shoe basically i got a pair of them that you you were in the like the Mikey, the Nike Air Jordan Bell ends. <laughs> they're they're Reebok work shoes, mine, and um, mm-hmm. they're they're mm-hmm. Com- they're very comfortable. Um, they've got a special <laughs> sole, so you don't slip on oils and stuff, and they work well. You, you mm-hmm. mock me for my shoes, but I'm I'm very happy with my shoes. Well, if you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> Fine. What What about you guys? Have you got any sort of special wear that you wear, or do you just roll out of bed and put on whatever you've got closest? What, what do you do, Mareko? I, I do have work clothes, and I actually, uh, uh, otherwise, I just have a, you know, a bad habit of just putting on whatever's closest, basically. And this, you know, th- this happened when I worked in restaurants. You know, I'd throw on some clothes and not really thinking about it, go into the restaurant and do work, and you get disgusting. You get, um, you, you yourself get sweaty or whatever. You get raw food. Uh, raw meats and stuff you you washing dishes that gets splattered you just get nastiness all over you and i started finding oh man i'm ruining all of my clothes and so i started designating work clothes and so i uh i do the same thing when i'm in the shop so that 
only a certain yeah and usually it's an an over shirt like right now i have a, a second i uh what is it sorry I, I got a field and stream long long sleeve that i wear over whatever t-shirt i threw on and i have work pants um but then when it starts getting warmer weather and i'm just wearing a t-shirt i just make sure i got my old shitty t-shirt that you know, it's not what I'm going to be wearing to a nice dinner or anything like that or, or out with some friends. And so I, I do have a set of just crappy clothes that I don't care about. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? I am a Carhartt fool. I, uh, I wear double front Carhartt pants. I love them because, you know, the knees don't blow out. Um, All that time you're spending on your knees. I couldn't hear you. What did you say? I just, I didn't realize you're spending so much time on your knees. Oh, oh, oh. I heard you the first time. I was just wanted to see if I could get you to draw you out to do this the second time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, you know, I, you, you know, you don't want dirt going down your front of your pants. Um, and I actually, in the wintertime, I'm always, I got like a couple, I got under, I got like, I wear clothes. Okay. I got work, I wear work clothes. I don't worry about, I stay away from, uh, I, I try to do all cotton. Because I, I actually, back in the day, I had a friend of mine who had uh, jeans that were uh, had frays on them. And there were a lot of frays. And he caught on fire. I actually put him out in college. He introduced me to his wife, you know, 15 years later. So this is the guy who put me out. I was like, put you out? What does that mean? It was a joke. And I was like, you shouldn't have worn those pants. So I, I try to stay away from uh, rips for that reason. I mean, they catch on fire. And I, no sneakers. Because sneakers, you know, especially uh, anything with... Um, it's not leather or suede can melt. You ever have that? You're welding in a pair of, you know, running shoes, and then you get a splatter on it, and it just melts right through. Mm. So, uh, you know. Steel you toe caps? Of... U.S. steel. No, no. I, I hate those yeah. things. I, I, wear, I do wear Blundstones, though. I like Blundstones these days. And then, uh, you know, I got a vest on. I got a, I got a snappy scarf on. I'm, you know, comfortable, you know. <laughs> Uh, Looking good. A scarf. I love a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally mincing around my scarf. I have a sucker for a scarf. My wife wears scarves, and all of a sudden, she's just like, you know, you'd be warmer if you wore a scarf. And I'm like, ah, fuck this scarf. It's got me a couple scarves. I'm like, yeah, I can live with this scarf. Make sure I don't. I make sure I got it tucked in so I don't get caught up in a grinder or something like that. But you know, this season's must have accessory. Scarf. The the fade. I scarves. mince around in a scarf. Yeah. I had a I had some fruity <laughs> scarves for a long time. And I loved them. And then I just, all of a sudden I saw some, actually, uh, yeah, that I started looking at pictures of some, oh, they're a little too fruity. So I got some uh, bland scarves and, you know, my shit is nice and warm and comfortable. Who's the, who's the guy much. off Scooby-Doo, the one who wears the little scarf and the white jumper? G- Fred? <laughs> Fred, yeah. He's saying I look like Fred. I'm just, thank, I'm just thank saying you. a little yeah, bit. That is a very, very nice compliment. Of all, I could look like Wilma, for God's sakes. Yeah. Who knows? God damn it. I'd rather look like Fred the Shaggy. Fine. Right. Before we move on, we I'm going to do a section that people love. Um, the quiz is back. We're going to be doing another quiz. So get your buzzers ready, guys. And I'm going to tell everybody about uh, one of our sponsors, which is knifeprint.com. And we've talked about these in the past. Oh, there's buzzers going off. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We've talked about in the past how all of my knives are designed on a screen um, before um, I I get to work. Um, And 
lots of people ask me questions about um, you know CAD programs. You know, how do you get into it? And you know, how do you design an iPhone screen? What programs are you using? I've used loads, loads and loads. But um, KnifePrint.com is great because you don't have to install anything. It's all done just via a browser. Go to KnifePrint.com and you can do it in the browser. Amazing tutorials. They'll show you how to design a knife, how to change the shapes and so on. Um, but they've also had this amazing service where you can design your knife all in the browser. You can press print. And what they'll do, they'll actually use a big laser cutter. They'll, they'll cut out your profile and they'll send it to you in the mail. So go take a look at knifeprint.com. There's, there's, you can get a free account. They also do a pro account as well, and you can get 10% off if you use the promo code Knife Talk. Um, but just go and have a play. Um, I know Jeff did this week when he was doing the Knife Talk Build Along um, Knife, and now lots of our listeners have been using it to do their Build Along Knife as well. So go take a look, knifeprint.com. It's super, super simple. Nice. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> So, do we have our buzzers? Morocco, do you have a buzzer? I do. You ready? Go for it. Tequila. It's like a section. Yeah, it's like a, being in a hockey game. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh, good. What have you got, Jeff? There you go. Okay. Okay. So, no arguing with the host. This is going to be 10 questions, and I've broken <laughs> these like up into, into, into sections. So we've got a technical section. We've got a section on equipment. We've oh got a, a musical section. Oh God. And we have a random section to finish. So are we ready? Great. Yes. Yes. Let's get quizzical. <laughs> oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> question number one, and this is a technical <laughs> question. Let's get quizzical. <laughs> What is the chemical element symbol for iron? Morocco. F-E. Congratulations. Perfect. One point to Morocco. You know, the funny thing is, is when you That's said the, the question, was, you, you started right in, and I was just like, I'm not even going to bother listening to this. I was like, oh, shit, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> question number two. Again, technical. What is... 100 degrees Fahrenheit in Celsius. Holy shit. I'll give you five <laughs> degrees either way. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I'm, too, I'm too lazy to Google it. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll give her a quick, <laughs> a random guess. I'm going to say 75 Go ahead. Celsius. Oh, he's Googling it as he put the button, and then he's Googling it. That's some bullshit. No. No, I just said 75 Celsius. Oh, we didn't hear you. We thought no, we cut geez, out for a second. No, that, it must have cut out. That No, you're way off. Um, the answer is 37.7 degrees Holy Celsius. shit. That was, all right, well, there goes that point. Way off. <laughs> Damn it. Back to zero, zero. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay, this is a good one. For something to be a tool steel, what must it contain besides carbon? And I, I'll just have one thing. Marekko. Molybdenum? Correct. Correct. You could have had molybdenum, tungsten, cobalt, or vanadium. And in different quantities to increase the heat resistance and the durability, making them ideal for cutting and drilling equipment. 
He's back. There we go. Are we ready for a music question? Big fat one. Go ahead. One nil to to Morocco. Okay. Um, Tell me the title and an extra bonus point if you can tell me the artist. Well, it's Mac tonight. Correct. But I don't know the name of the artist. You can, you can have a point for that. That, that was a knife-related music. I should have said they're all right. knife-related. It's, uh, who was that singing? wasn't, um, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. Bobby Darin. I know, I'm so old, I should know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Darin. So we are one all. Bobby Darin. Yes, one all. One to Morocco, one to Jeff. The second music question. Go ahead. Which Tom Jones song has the line... I felt the knife in my hand and she laughed no more. Who gives a fuck about Tom Jones? <laughs> you seriously don't know. I mean, just because this is like some sort of Welsh holiday doesn't mean we got to know what the, every fucking Tom Jones song. Oh, that did, was last week. Did you guys hear me? I think Morocco did buzz. What we got, Morocco? Is it Sex Bomb? No. No, no. <laughs> Look how mad you are. Jesus. You need to get up on your Tom Jones. Are we ready? It's this. Nobody needs to get up on Tom, Tom Jones. Talk about a bell end. He's just known for his hairy and his big old dick. Nobody uh, cares. No dis in Tom. I felt the knife in my hand and she left no more. Sing along, kids. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, that motherfucker. He gives a shit about that big old big dick hairy cagoon. Who cares? Terrible. Tom Jones question. You know what? You guys just stop making fun of how old I am. You had a Bobby Darren and Tom Jones. Come on, man. You think of songs with the word knife in. Everybody's too old at the moment. There's no songs with a knife in. (laughs) All right, fine. We're moving on to the equipment round. Go ahead. So what's the... It's it's one all. One apiece. Right, are we ready? You both know this. Go ahead. Modern even heats have a controller called the tap controller. But what is the name of the other controller offered by even heat? It's, oh, oh, shit. I well, think that it's was a, Jeff. Well, I, you're not no. talking about the solid state relay. You're talking about the Ramp Master. Correct. Right? Ramp Master 2, but we'll give you Ramp Master. Okay. 2-1 solid state, two one solid state relay is where you need to I'm actually at zero because I got the sex bomb question wrong. Correct. Two nil. Two nil. <laughs> you, now you get point? a point. Now you get a point. <laughs> You're correct. You now you get a point. You should. I'm thank. You know what? Sweet. I give you it. one of my points because you shouldn't know a Tom Jones song. <sighs> Fine. Man. Who cares. Man. They also use the uh, set, <laughs> set controllers. No yeah, baby. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah, I don't course. even know what the all scores the are now. We're all mixed up. Let's just get to the end of this quiz. Let's just get it done. <laughs> One, two. Go ahead. Combat abrasives do a range of epoxies. And what is the brand name? That's Jeff It's again. called, isn't it called Rogue Epoxy? It is. It is. Correct. Mm. All right. List all you sponsors out there. Know that I'm paying attention. <laughs> just don't ask any clerics questions because I might not know any. <laughs> Are we ready? Uh, Next all the question. time, all the time. Clarics Metal <laughs> <laughs> Clarics Metalworks make everything in-house. 
But where Are you is kidding their, me? Is this a joke? But where is their factory? Oh, that was just Jeff. Bulgaria. Correct. You do oh, know. Thank you God. do you do listen. Holy Christ, thank God. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> Not at all. It was on my list. Alright. We've got two random questions left. In so Darcy USA is from Portugal, but who knows? <laughs> so these are random questions. Go ahead. Um, so what are we three nil? Three nil to to Jeff. Uh, whatever. Yeah. If you, if you're just quiet, Jeff, you win this. There's two questions left, but we'll see what well, we do. <laughs> trust me, I'm not doing it for strategy. It's because I'm stupid. Jeff, go ahead. Is doing a workshop, or maybe doing a workshop with Florentine Kitchen Knives in the summer, hopefully. But who yes. has the most Instagram followers? Vader Knives or Florentine Kitchen Knives? Who counts? You count. We're gonna count. You I gotta count. I gotta compare. Guess. I gotta. Morocco. You, sh- you should know this. I don't. Isn't I don't, it? I don't look at. Isn't people. it Jeff? Jeff, you're correct. But I mean, I don't really. I mean, that's kind of weird. It's like measuring your penis. You know, I don't kind of care what. I mean, it's just there. You know. Got quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> I got real quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> Jeff, the answer is Jeff. Okay. Twenty-one point five thousand subscribers. Damn. Right. Fine. Last question. So it's what's it's three one. Um. So here, there's actually four four points up for grabs here. There's five okay. points actually. There's five points up for grabs. Oh my god. Name people who have been judges on Forged in Fire. Morocco is straight. A point for each. Point for each. All right. Ben Abbott, David Markaida. David Markaida? Whoa, 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 whoa. You're off. You're oh, done. I totally fucked that up. You got one point, then you had it removed immediately. You're on the show I, twice, I got two dude. The... David Markaida. <laughs> no, I started mixing up names. That's what happened. Oh, Go ahead. Morocco, oh. you, you started off so well. So well. You were oh, on the it. show, David Markaida. <laughs> Am I still going? Go ahead. Go keep ahead, going. I'm right. hoping you get another one wrong. <laughs> Dave Baker. Correct. Ah, right. uh, Jay Nielsen, Jason Knight, and Doug. Doug Markaida. That's it. Sorry, Doug. Oh, there you go. We're going to give you four. We're going to give you just four points for that. So, uh, Morocco wins. Dave doesn't listen to the show. Morocco wins four go. three. Congratulations. We <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> that didn't garner the excitement that I was hoping it would. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I loved it. I love the I love the quiz. Good, good, good. Right, we're gonna do something something else quite new now. Um Uh something that we haven't done before. It's time for a mini product review. So occasionally people send us people are very kind and they send us things. And I know Jeff's received stuff at Morocco Haas and and I received something this week. Um and generally, they're going to be smaller makers. So these makers, they wouldn't, you know, be sponsors of the show or anything. But they they make a product that we really like, that we want to tell people about. So um, I'm going to do a mini product review, very just a minute or so, talking about um, a a jig. And um, some people will say, "What you use a jig?" And I'm like, "Yes, I use a jig all of the time. I love using jigs. Why not?" So um, tr dot maker. Um, I've seen a few people on. Um, YouTube as well, using these jigs. Um, they're incredible. They're built like tanks, but they're just really, really adjustable. That's what I like about them. And little things like the underside of the handle, they've made sure that's got texture on it so you can hold it. It's just built bit really, really nicely. 
Um, but what I really like about it is they do a matching file guide, and the file guide actually um, attaches to the to the jig. So you know, I've I've got a a Bill Benke file guide which I love. It's got the you know the the carbide plates, beautiful beautiful piece piece of kit. Um, but, but this one actually fits the uh, the jig, so you you can you can you know you can grind with the jig, but also make sure that your, your plunge lines are, are completely straight and you know identical each side. So um, yeah, I just want to tell you about this this jig and the file guide from tr.maker, a very small maker. Um, but if you're looking for a jig, they're really good. Hey you, you know what you should do. That guy's voice is too funny. It kills me every time. All right, this is the part every of the time? episode. Every time? Hey, you. You know what you... time? Killing me. Every hey, you. Time. You know what <laughs> hey, you, you should do? <laughs> hey, you. You know what you should do is the portion of the episode where we take your tips and tear them apart. So, let's get to it. Uh, the first one is from uh, Eben Blade Customs. Uh, he says, hey, you know what you should do? If you're in a pinch or just starting out, spare molding makes for a great sanding stick. Hmm. Uh, qu- one quarter inch round works great for getting into finger choils and other rounded area you need to hand sand. And then there's a note about Jeff. So what do you guys think about that? So he's talking about using a, a round dowel. Just uh, sounds like. Yeah, just a a dowel, like wooden dowel, mm. as a hand sanding stick. I do all the Especially time. Especially all the time on yeah. you know the spines and the choils. I always do that. Yeah. Nice. I've never thought about using a dowel as a handing sanding stick. Yeah, and I've yeah. Got, I've got a couple which I sort of wrap um, leather around as well to make it a bit softer. Um, sure. Yeah, they, they they just help to get into into those nasty little places. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. I wanted to bring up a my own little tip over the weekend. Uh, I was doing, uh, I was forging um, bo- uh, tongs and bottle openers with uh, with the clinic at Doghouse Forge, and we were forging out the reins and forging out the jaws and creating. We were going to punch the holes, and we had lunch, and then afterwards I started demoing how you punch a hole in steel, for the uh, which you would punch in for a bottle opener or tongs. And what you do is, if you have a punch, a punch is not a center punch. A center punch has got like an apex. That's for making marks. You actually, a, a hot punch is like, a, it's got a flat face with sharp edges. And the sharp edges would cut. And what you do is you take a center punch, you mark where your hole is, put it in the forge, and then you only mark it with the center punch so you can see it when it comes out hot. You put it on the face of the anvil, and then you put your punch down flat and you give it a good hit so you make the impression of what your hole is, usually, you know, depending on the size of the punch. Then you only give it one punch because you want to make sure you have the indentation that you can reset your punch in. Then you give it a, a couple big smashes until it goes all the way down to it gets tight to the bottom. Now, what will happen is the... Uh, the anvil will suck out some of the heat from the bottom of the piece, and then when you flip it over, you should be you should see a swell, and then the center of the swell is where you want to put the punch back. You put the punch back on the sw- where the swell is, where you hit from below, and then you give it a punch, and then you hit it again. And what will happen is, because your punch is uh, uh, flat and then the edges are sharp, it'll shear out that little slug. This is a great way to not it's you're taking out less material than you're drilling and it's just a great they're great for when you're doing 
bottle openers or whatever, and they're fun to do. Mm. So the hard part is, is you, you're, you're, what you're doing is, is, you know, when you're forging in general is you're managing the heat and you want to, you know, if it's, if it's steel gets too cold, you want to put it back in the forge. But with this case, in this case, you need the steel to cool down a little bit. So your punch actually does the shearing so you can have a problem. So the funny part was, was when I was after lunch, Steve Schwartzer was there and everyone got gathered around and I demoed how to um, punch the holes in the tongs. And I'm, as I look up, I see Steve is standing right there, and I'm thinking, oh, all right, well, here's your chance. Because if you if your steel's too hot, you just basically move back, move the slug back and forth in the steel, and it looks like bubble gum, and it just looks, it's just not not really good. So the funny thing is, is I'm standing there, and I'm like, all right, well, no pressure, only a faster bladesmith, one of the most living legends, watching you punch these holes, and then he pulls his phone out. And I think he's either Instagram living or Facebook living or video or whatever. And luckily for me, I, I knocked out both the slugs. And the funny thing was afterwards, I said to him, he turned his phone off. I'm like, you know what now? I'm so glad I got those two slugs out nice. Now I could, I could drill for the rest of my life. I'll never have to hot punch again. <laughs> you go but hot punching yeah. is a great way to, to – it's a great blacksmithing trick. And once you figure out how it works, it's just a really great one. That's all. That was the tip I wanted to give. I hadn't realized that it would, it would be – you would have a cutting edge around that circle. I, I would assume it would be like a center punch where you, you you know you're forcing your way through rather than yeah cutting. right. Well, when you first hit, you know when you first going to the first side, you're compressing the material and spreading it out a little bit. It's mm. kind of spreading out, and then you're going all the way to the end. So when you flip it over and then you shear it, it's I mean it's less than a sixteenth of an inch. I mean it's it's a tiny it's less material than if you were to drill it. And you always get a nice, it's fast. I mean, it should be able to, you should, especially on like a piece of quarter inch or five sixteenths, even three eighths, you should be able to knock the hole out in one heat. And it's just a, it's just a great way to, it, the, the hardest part is, is your, your natural inclination is just get it hot, keep it hot. But actually you, you want to make sure that by the time you flipped it over, it's cold. I mean, it's gray, it's cold, colder, it's not red. That's the only way you can shear it. So it's, it's, uh, it's actually pretty, I actually learned a lot from Jesse kind of giving me a little bit of Jesse Savage gave me a little nuance. He sometimes he dumped up a little water in the hole once he, before he flips it over just to kind of make sure that slug is, you know, kind of brittle and it's pretty satisfying when you get it right. Sure. Nice. There we are. We've got another tip from Chef Field Forge. He says, hey, KTP, here's a tip for your non-Apple listeners. He says, borrow somebody else's Apple device and drop a review for Knife Talk. Oh, yes. There you go. <laughs> we have had some really nice reviews over the last few weeks. So, yeah, thank you to anybody who's spending the time to do that. Um, but I'd say if you're not using an Apple device, whatever system you're using you know, to get, to get your, um, your podcast, drop us a review there. Give us a rating. It's easy. There we are. This next one is from Delta Blade Works. Uh, maybe an obvious tip, but uh, you can use a piece of angle iron as a fence for your portable bandsaw table uh, to get even cuts on wooden blocks. That's a great tip. Yeah, I do that myself. Hadn't thought of that. Nice. Like it. This one comes from Ramsey. 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 How many A's are in that? Jesus. Fucking Ramsey. Um, also for your, you know what you should do portion. Well, Jeff should start wearing some proper PEE, proper PPE while grinding. He's been coughing up a lung in the last two episodes. 
<laughs> Ramsey. I was reading that, you know, like a <laughs> like a car passing. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, you know, this this time the the funny thing is, it's not. I'm not coughing. I have glug in my throat, and when we usually record in the mornings. I've had coffee or something, and I am conscious of the fact that there's, you know, I I don't like to drink water in the middle of the podcast, and I'm trying to figure out ways in which to not be so uh, gluggy. Mm. So, Ramsey, I wear proper PPE all the time, but there not during go. the podcast. <laughs> there we go. Um, we got there another go. one from Harva. Um, hey, cuties, a tip for beginners like me. When you feel like you're not progressing, go back and look at your work just six months ago. It doesn't always feel like it. We approve. What's that say? But we approve with each. We improve with each Im- knife. Don't, don't <laughs> give up. <laughs> You're right. It says approve. It does say approve. But yeah, we improve with each knife. And do you, do you know what? I do that quite often. And I it was probably about three months ago. I put up a post showing the very first knife that I made next to the knife that I finished that day, which is and and the difference was was unbelievable. And it spawned a bunch of other people putting up similar posts. So yeah, that's a really good tip. Just go back and have a look. You 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 know these little things that you would have picked up on that you hadn't realised. You're like, geez, yeah, I'm 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 getting somewhere. You know, that's right, hundred percent. Nice. Here we go. So we're hour and a half in. I don't think we're going to do beef saw community showcase this week because we've got this new section that we've been doing the last few weeks that I really enjoy. So. started the show saying what we've done this week but this is all about what we're hoping to achieve this week what what's the dream for this time next week where would we like to be let's start with let's start with Morocco. Mm. this time next week you guys okay uh, <laughs> I... everybody all right <laughs> we'd fall asleep there. did you fall asleep Morocco, are no, you there I, 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 i'm i'm here i think it's just the signal dropped out for a second can you hear me I can, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so <laughs> my goal for next week, uh, I actually have a, a fun project coming up. Uh, I'm forging some chisels, um, some Damascus-clad chisels for somebody that does woodworking. Um, and they're going to be accompanying a hunting knife for him. This is something I've never done before. I look forward to learning a bit, little bit more of the nuances about chisels. Um so I don't know. It should be interesting. I, I my only concern about doing them is that uh, usually the the cutting edge side is a is a mono steel and then clad on the other side or on one of one side with Damascus. And so it'll be interesting to see how that affects heat treatment and how the material moves. But all in all, I think it's going to be a fun project. Mm, that is a fun so project. I look forward to getting to that. What what will you do for handles with that? Uh, so my plan is to actually do in a kind of like integral bolster. I don't know. They're going to flare back up because especially if they're, you're going to be hammering them from the backside, you want the tang to go all the way through, uh, into the pommel of the handle. So, um, I'll probably, I, I might turn some handles. I'm not sure yet. Um, and then have a, a metal cap on the backside so that they can, the blade or the uh, chisels can be hammered on um, without any concern of the handle material being damaged, basically. Nice. Huh. I like those handles. Uh, you ever see those chisels for like the guys who use lathes? They don't have, they're not, they're just long. They're almost like a end of a 
pool stick. Mm. They're not uh, they're not mm. for hammering. They're just like for holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I can I can imagine one of those with the the actual cap. You know, all forged as one, and then just doing like a leather wrap. You know, so you've got that you've got that cap that you hammer on, which is all part of oh, part of the handle as well. That could look really nice. A stacked leather handle might be a cool idea for that. Yeah. Well, I was thinking wrapped, oh. so because if it's stacked, oh, you'd obviously have to take the cap off first, wouldn't you? So I mean, forge it all as one piece, so you wouldn't be able to you know, slide anything on. You'd you'd have to wrap Ooh. it, but that could it's look just, pretty cool. You've just settled back, and you know what you should do. That's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Jeff. What about Jeffy? Keep awake at the back. Yes. What's the dream? You know what I'm looking forward to? Not being so goddamn germophobic and paranoid that I'm going to get the coronavirus. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to because I've already bought 50 fucking rolls of toilet paper and a bag of rice, <laughs> and I'm a little bit concerned at the moment. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the coronavirus is in the, in the middle of fucking... Olympia, Italy. Washington, right now. Don't don't think I haven't no, thought about it. So I'm, I'm don't not, you have uh, something going on there in Westchester? N- well, there's a few, and there we've gotten messages. For, you know, look how I've destroyed this whole bit. We have already gotten messages from the uh, <laughs> the the superintendent of schools about getting ready to close the schools down, and I'm having like you know like germophobic panic attacks, and I'm looking yeah. forward to not. To not uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to go into the city and. I'm gonna to go to the city and like pull my hair out, and with uh, with uh, an event with Charlie Palmer, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, you know, just you know, clutching my pearls for a while. Nice. With your scarf. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tie my <laughs> scarf up and I'm gonna clutch my pearls and I'm gonna curse, mumble. I'm gonna mumble under my breath, and not That's take the great. trains. I'm driving out of the city. You goddamn you. How did you manage to turn that into a beef? Suddenly quite calm. I didn't mean to turn it into a beef. I tell you, I, I have a beef, but I mean, it's like, you know, it was actually a pretty good one too, but, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to not being crazy. How's that? I'm looking forward to kind of zenning out and, you know, not being overly crazy. There we go. Okay. How about you, Craig? What are you, what are you looking forward to? There's a big, big rugby game tomorrow. Um, so... I talk about the rugby quite quite a few times, but um, basically there's a tournament every every year called the Six Nations, and it's you know if if you're into rugby, it's the tournament, you know it's and it's it's Wales, England, Ireland, Scotland, France, and Italy, um, and you know it's every, every every team around the world, you know they they, they look at this because it, it's 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 a big big tournament. Um, but for Wales, we we haven't done that, that well this this tournament so far. But um, we're playing England, and that's the big one. And this this thing, as long as we beat the English, that that's all we really care about. So we're playing Eng- England tomorrow. But what what makes this extra special for me at the moment is so we're staying in London. Um, but the the house that we're staying in that we're we're sort of Airbnb in is um, an ex England rugby player. So, you know, I go to the gym each day that they've got here in the house and it's got all his old England tops up on the wall and all his old caps and that kind of thing. Um, and they've got a cinema here, in the, which we can use as well. So I'll be watching the game there in their, in their sort of home cinema. And it's just going to be great to beat the English. So whilst... does he know that you're does he know that you're going to root against him in his own house? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Jeez. so so it's, he's not actually playing. He doesn't play anymore. Um, he retired literally just about two years ago. He's actually going into MMA fighting, which is crazy. But um, 
Yeah, so I'm I'm here in England rooting for Wales for, you know, the biggest day of, of rugby for any sort of Welsh rugby fans. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking about the the virus, which we haven't really talked about until just now, they, they've actually called off the, the Ireland-Italy game because they don't want people, you know, congregating in a big stadium and, and that kind of thing. So we're hoping that the the Wales-England game is still going to be on tomorrow. At the moment, it still is. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, a triumphant victory tomorrow afternoon. Will you be drinking? Just a tad. Just a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that the reason why we're not, <laughs> we're not doing this on Sunday morning? It is, funnily enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, we, we, the last time this big game happened last year, you were hung over as hell. As shit, yeah, I was. <laughs> so I thought we'd plan a bit this year. So oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. Let me hit work-wise what I'd like to happen. I, I've, got, I've got a couple sort of uh, the irons in fires at the moment with restaurants here in London um, and, and meetings with them this week. So, yeah, it would be nice to round off this week with, with a nice big juicy order too. But that's a show. We've done an hour and 40 minutes on a Friday night. It's, it's 10 to 9 on a Friday night here now. Crazy. I like doing these evening shows. I like can, it. Is it. Can can I can I give a te- a teaser for next for next episode? Sure, of course. My beef next episode. I almost got arrested. Oh, and that's it. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh, getting your peen out in public. <laughs> <laughs> I had the old bell end out the window. <laughs> Can't be swinging that thing anyway. <laughs> that's the show. <laughs> yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.